Ladies and gentlemen, stoners and growers, welcome to a midnight rendezvous like no other. I'm your host, Socrates Groves, broadcasting live from a server in the heart of America. Join me on this extraordinary journey through the lush foliage of my autoflower garden to learn how to grow your own fire at home. This is Autoflower Power, the podcast that takes you deep into the hidden realms of the horticultural marvels that we call autoflowers. On this episode, we'll be discussing indoor autoflower gardening in the winter. This episode is for anyone who faces long, hard winters and wants to continue their gardening with minimal downtime and maximum success. We'll be discussing managing heat, humidity, your lights, and temperature fluctuations. There will also be discussion on why autoflowers are bred to be grown in the winter, and finally, why even photoperiod growers should consider growing an autoflower or two in their garden this winter. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Autoflower Power. So let's begin this episode by discussing the difference between autoflowers and sativa and indica cannabis plants. I think this is pretty important to the conversation because this is going to give you a better, maybe deeper insight into why autoflowers can be such a powerful tool during the winter months in your garden. So let's start with sativas. Sativas are typically grown and in their natural environment are found around Africa, Southeast Asia, Central and South America. These are near the equator, and they're going to have much longer days, some of the longest days on the planet Earth. You're going to get a lot of sun exposure directly, and you're going to get tall and kind of uh, long period uh, plants. So that means that your growing season is going to be a lot longer. Your flowering is going to be significantly longer. And overall, you're just going to need more light to produce sativa plants. Next up is indicas. Indicas come from the Central uh, Asian area. Uh, particularly, you might think of the Kush Mountains in Afghanistan. These mountainous areas are much rougher than these equatorial areas that the sativas grow in. There's shorter growing seasons. There's cooler nights with uh, bigger temperature fluctuations. And all these kind of lead to smaller and quicker plants than sativas. These plants typically are a bit more hardy and weather resistant than the sativas, but this isn't something that necessarily we're going to want to focus on for the winter. That's where we get into uh, the ruderalis cannabis plant and some of the benefits of the ruderalis genes. Ruderalis cannabis initially comes from Russia, Eastern Europe, and North Asia. Uh, these are some of the roughest environments where these plants, the cannabis plants, naturally are found. They have the shortest seasons and the largest amount of temperature fluctuations uh, compared to both uh, Central Asia as well as South America, etc. So when you are looking at the ruderalis plant, you're looking at a smaller plant. You're looking at one that finishes a lot quicker than a photo period. And a lot of this goes back to its uh, place of origin in these northern hemispheres that have these harsh winters. The shorter lifespan of autoflowers between 65 and, say, 95-plus days allows you uh, more runs in a year. And it also allows you to skip growing during the harshest periods of the winter and then you can get right back into it a lot quicker. So with these quicker plants, um, you'll have them out a little bit earlier and you could put them in a little bit later and still get the same amount of runs. 
again, these are pretty hardy plants. So these are not going to have so much of an issue as maybe a photo period would if you've got a little bit more temperature fluctuation in your growing environment. So this is something to really consider. Another uh, great benefit, and I'll discuss this a little bit um, later, is that due to its uh, auto uh, flowering capacities, which again, we've discussed this before, but what auto flower really means is that it doesn't need a switch of the light cycle or um, an approximation of the season change. And this does go back to this northern climate where we've got these short growing seasons, so they're forced to flower. With that, we can run our lights 24 hours a day inside that uh, tent. This is one of the things that creates so much uh, temperature fluctuation in your growing environment is when the lights go out. So if you just want to keep your lights on for 24 hours during some of the uh, cold runs or your winter runs, not only is it going to speed up the time of your harvest, but it's also going to keep your temperature in a greater um, consistency. There will be less fluctuations and you're going to have less issues. This is completely and totally impossible if you're in a flowering tent with photo periods and you've got the lights off half the day. Um, in theory, you'd probably want them off during the day so that at night when it gets colder, you could use that light benefit to um, warm the tent. But that's really not a concern and you're actually able to maintain your environment quite a bit better uh, by keeping the lights on for 24 hours a day. So let's continue with some other environmental considerations that you're going to want to take into account when growing autoflowers in the winter. Some of this will be reviewed from some of the previous podcasts, but I think this is a great time to go back over it because, as always, these are the fundamentals. And if you can get the fundamentals down, you're going to have great uh, autoflowers at home. So let's start uh, where we begin. The first two weeks are absolutely crucial to dialing in your environment to maximize your grows. It's really these first two to four weeks, the first month that you really want to focus on being totally hands-on, not allowing your plants to stunt early and really give them the benefit of the doubt to go into um, early flower with uh, huge and nice vegetative growth. And that's all going to happen the first few weeks. In the winter, you're going to likely face colder, drier, and more fluctuating temperatures. That's just something that you're going to come up against if you're somewhere north. Uh, I'm from the Midwest. And, um, this is just something we see temperature could be 60 degrees one day. The next day it's negative 20. That's hard to control for. Um, and no matter what you're doing, you're going to have to just take into considerations that some of this environment is totally beyond your control. And some of it is just not, uh, beneficial for growing plants. So we're just going to do our best. And how are we going to do our best? We're going to use VPD as always VPD or vapor pressure deficit is a uh, it's an idea on the relative humidity to the temperature in the air for maximum plant growth. There's a chart at our website that you could check out. So go ahead and check that out and that'll show you exactly what you're trying to dial in to get your ideal growing range at any point in your grow. You're going to want to manage your temperatures with a thermostat and a heater. A heater is almost always required if you are in somewhere that is either not completely uh, temperature controlled or something like a basement where it is temperature controlled, but you still get some fluctuations. So you're definitely going to want to look into a thermostat and a heater of some type. Number one, and I say this with uh, major blinkers going on, be safe with the heater. Don't put it anywhere that water could pool or be leaked onto consistently check your cables anytime you're like moving them around make sure there's no frayed edges or anything 
leave space around your heater. That's the number one. You don't want your heater right up against a fabric pot or the grow tent or anything else. You want your area to be completely clear and free. I am stressing this so much because the worst thing we could do is have some type of electrical fire or some type of unneeded tragedy or setback to our grows. And this is an easy one to overlook. This is maybe one of the biggest, uh, I don't know, almost danger points in growing. So just keep an eye on your heater. Heaters and water and electricity in general don't mix. Uh, So I'll get off my soapbox now. Um, You could either use a larger heater in the lung room itself. So that's outside of the tent. You're going to be heating the whole room. Or I've had quite good luck with a desk heater inside the tent. These are small, I don't know, maybe like five inch by three inch um, heaters that you typically put on your desk. But they are enough to heat up a uh, three by three or a four by four. And if you've got that thing on a humidistat, it's going to do its thing perfectly. So if you want to maintain proper VPD based on the heater or a humidifier, whichever one is your weakest link, and you're most likely going to want a humidifier with a humidistat when you are growing in the winter. The drier environments of winter don't allow the VPD to get where they need. Typically, especially in the vegetative stage and the seedling stage, you're going to want a real high relative humidity and without additional um, moisture added through a humidifier, you're not going to be able to reach those levels and get absolute proper VPD. So just consider that, that you're probably going to want both a heater and a um, humidifier at some point during the winter. Again, Don't forget, water and electricity don't uh, meet too well. So just please be careful. I really want all my listeners to do well and to be safe. One of the biggest uh, pains when it comes to using a humidifier, obviously, is you need to bring in distilled or RO water. You don't want uh, chlorinated water that's going to uh, leave traces on your leaves and um, slow down photosynthesis. So you're going to want really clean distilled or RO'd water. If for some reason somewhere else in your house for some other project or something, you're using a dehumidifier, you can actually use the water that's collected in the dehumidifier for the humidifier as long as the filter is clean enough. Something that um, I've done once or twice in a pinch and it works and you don't get any uh, spots or issues with your humidifier. Next, if you're growing in a tent, you're going to want to position your tent away from any walls or windows. This is going to prevent uh, extra swings in temperature that you're not going to need. If at all possible, try to put your grow in some type of an insulated room to help maintain the temperatures. That's going to do quite a bit to help with these uh, temperature swings and also the temperature just getting down as far as it can. When you are looking at the water usage on your plants in winter, it's going to be going a lot slower too typically than it will be in summer. Um, The plants will be uh, perspiring less into the air because of the colder um, conditions that we have. So just be wary of overwatering in the winter. It's super easy to do, much more so than in the summer where your plant is really chugging that water. Um, So if you're top watering, keep an eye on your... um, you're watering because that's going to become a problem if you overwater too much in cold conditions. And one more thing on environment before we move on. 
keep in consideration that ventilation and airflow are still keys when you're uh, growing in the winter. You get powdery mildew or other fungus problems if you're not ventilating properly, both with oscillating fans and inline fans, keeping the air flowing from outside in the lung room into your tent and back out. So keep the air moving even in winter, even if the temperatures seem low, you're still wanting that air to move around. Dead air is not good for your plants and your plants won't be happy. Let's touch briefly on temperature fluctuations because this is more pronounced in winter than it is in the summer. Typically when we're growing, we're shooting for something between 70 degrees and 80 degrees Fahrenheit or 21 to 26 Celsius. Even at night, we don't want the temperatures to swing more than, say, 10 degrees. So if you're keeping things at about 80 degrees Fahrenheit, we don't want it to go below 70 or 69. Um, That's really going to be too much of a swing for your plants, and your plants want some stability generally. So keep that in mind that if possible, you're going to want to keep the temperature fluctuations uh, within 10 degrees. Your root zone for your plants are going to want to be somewhere between 58 and 60 degrees ideally before they start slowing down and stunting your plant's growth. So if you can't keep your soil temperature above 60 degrees, we should probably be looking at ways to uh, heat up that tent a little bit more because 60 degrees or below is really going to slow down the progress of your plant's growth. And that's something that's uh, really going to, in the end, um, limit the amount that you're going to be able to get off these plants because, again, they're on their own time cycle. So we don't have extra time to veg them for longer and keep them growing for as long as we want to get them bigger and bigger. They're just going to go when they go and they're going to flower when they're ready to flower. So maintaining heat is key. Since autoflowers do respond to any light schedule, as I mentioned before, 24-hour light cycles are awesome in the winter. They help you maintain your temperature. They help you maintain your lights. They help you get your plants going quicker. Uh, One thing that you should keep in mind if you're typically using an 18-hour light cycle on your photos or a 20-hour light cycle on your photos, once you move up to 24 you're going to want to reduce the amount of light that you're giving those plants at any one time. Um, Consider the idea of the daily light intake. Basically what this says is that your plants want a certain amount of light every single day. So it's either the amount of light or the amount of time that the plants are receiving the light that are the two factors that go into this. So if we're cranking from 18 hours to 24 hours, we're probably going to need a less intense light than we would for, say, an 18-hour grow. How do we do this? We can use a light meter or some type of light meter app. I put a link to the Photone app on the uh, website with the notes. That's a great, uh, fairly inexpensive option. It's not absolutely perfect or totally scientific, but it does give you a pretty good idea on where you might be and kind of how to monitor your lights over the course of your grow. So really keep in mind that if you're using 24-hour light cycles, keep the DLI in check because you don't want to be giving your lights uh, or your plants too much light or too little light. You want to get in that Goldilocks zone just like everything else we talk about. Real quick, I just want to talk about uh, choosing maybe the right strains for autoflowers. What's I think so cool about this is that because you do have those ruderalis genes, those uh, hardy winter resistant genes in all autoflowering cannabis plants, for the most part, you're going to be pretty uh, well off with any autoflower plant, um, especially compared to a sativa or something like that. You're going to have much more hardy plants, much more likely to uh, finish properly without any issues than if you were growing photo periods in the coldest parts of the winter. So any autoflower really, I think, is going to be a good bet for you. 
If you want to go a little bit further into that and you want to look at the lineages of these plants, you might want to look for something that has more of a northern origin, maybe something a bit more indica-leaning. Because as we talked about before, the sativa plants are used to the equatorial light, which is much more intense, much longer, and the seasons are much longer. Um, These aren't necessarily going to enjoy the cold fluctuations as much as the ruderalis, especially ones that lean indica. So keep an eye out for some indica leaning uh, ruderalis plants, and I think you're going to have an awesome time. One other thing that I'll say about this is just keep trying stuff. I've tried a few things uh, during winter runs that didn't work out as good as I had hoped. Um, Typically, one of the differentiating factors is kind of the more indica, chonky, thick stuff does tend to do a little bit better for me. From my experience, they tend to be maybe a little bit smaller than the summer plants, but we do tend to get... um, Nice quality and a nice production out of winter plants, especially when we're growing more indica-leaning hybrid um, autoflowers. So let's wrap up this conversation of autoflowers in the winter with some uh, last-minute considerations, some tips, some concerns, and a couple things to review. First off, let's just talk about that 24-hour light cycle. Again, don't burn your plants and uh, make sure that you're checking the daily light intake for each part of the growth. Super important. Next, again, going back to the heater. The heater's no joke. Be super safe. You've got a lot of water and electricity running in your garden. It's really your responsibility to keep the cords up and away from any problems and water away from where it's not supposed to be. Uh, You are in control of your garden and you want to keep everything Uh, is safe and you want to be as responsible as you can possibly be. So double check everything and make sure that everything is in proper accordance and safe. You don't want any problems. When you've got your 24-hour light tent going, that's actually a pretty good place to germinate seeds in. If you can uh, maintain a temperature inside the tent, you can use the paper towel method inside of a DVD case, inside of a towel, and keep them inside that 24-hour lit tent, and that's usually enough to get those things germinated. Just the heat inside that tent will be enough. You don't need to usually use heating mats if for some reason you are doing uh, germination outside of a tent in some cold room. You might have more issues uh, in the winter, but typically if you're germinating seeds in uh, the DVD method, you can do it in a 24-hour on tent, and you're going to get pretty good luck in general. Next, consider, if possible, putting your tent near a furnace, if that's at all uh, an option for you. Uh, You don't want too many swings when the furnace goes on, so you want to keep an eye on that. But um, I know a couple people who grow in basements, and they keep their tents fairly close to their furnace so that any sort of ambient heat coming off that furnace goes into, uh, you know, managing the tent's temperature instead of just, you know, warming up uh, an empty basement. So consider if you can possibly put a tent near a furnace, that might be a way to get around some of the temperature fluctuations. Going along kind of with that as far as uh, basements and other uh, kind of colder rooms, if you're putting a tent down onto, say, concrete or tile or something like that, it might be beneficial to put a layer down between the tent and the floor, especially in basements where you're directly you know, underneath the house and it's going to be the coldest place is that concrete floor. So you could use a couple different things. You could either use some type of uh, rug, 
which uh, can help kind of dissipate some of the cold and uh, not transfer it up into the tent itself. Or you could use something like some gym mats. Uh, gym mats work great. They're pretty uh, strong. Another thing that if you really want to get something um, super industrial and super strong, you can get stall mats for horses. These are usually like uh, an inch to an inch and a half thick. They're super uh, hard rubber and you won't have any issues. It's basically you're going to put down a secondary floor that's just going to insulate your tent from that uh, bottom layer concrete that's going to try to cool down your tent too much. If at all possible in your grow room, if you have windows, you're going to try to insulate them. Take a look at like Home Depot or Lowe's or something like that. And they've got uh, these plastic window insulation kits. Those are great. Windows are one of the biggest sources of drafts in your house. And um, if you don't want drafts in your grow room, consider uh, insulating the windows. That's going to be a big benefit to you as far as letting extra air in, especially if you've got an older house or something like that, those windows, you have no idea how much that's cooling down your environment. But that's one of the biggest factors if uh, you're trying to grow in a room with any amount of windows, really. So consider insulating your windows. Next, I want to say you should really keep your grow room clean. This is extra important in the winter. While you might not get some of the uh, bugs that you'll normally find, you might have some uh, new issues, uh, specifically rodents. Um, here in the Midwest, I know rodents get into houses and they are very attracted to plants. And even more so, they're, plant, they're attracted to plant material that's left on the ground or any sort of dirt and debris. So if you find yourself with a lot of garbage from your grow room on the ground, make sure you clean it up. You don't want any rodent infestation in your house. And even if you do have the uh, once in a while rodent, you don't want to encourage it and grow that issue. What's one easy way to get rid of rodents? Uh, well, you could get cats. Yeah, I'm, I'm dead serious about this. Uh, typically, that is the easiest way to get rid of uh, mice or rats in your house if you do find them to be a problem. Hopefully you don't, but uh, do consider it. Your plants are already fairly cold and the root zone is already colder than it would be in the uh, summertime. So you're going to want to make sure that whenever you're watering your plants, you're not giving it cold water. This can shock the plant. It could stunt the plant. So if you have any option at all, let your water warm up, especially if it's coming from somewhere outside or somewhere uh, not directly in your garden. You want it to uh, reach the temperature approximately of your garden before you water into your plants. These uh, last two are just kind of bonuses. Number one, don't stunt your plant. Don't stunt your plant. Don't stunt your plant. Um, that's, I guess, three, but I'll call that one. So don't stunt your plants. Uh, last but not least, I'll say one of the benefits to actually growing in the winter is that you get a much, much easier drying situation than you would in the summer. So a lot of the stuff that makes the growing difficult is inverse during the dry, and it makes it quite a bit easier to dry during the winter months. A couple of the reasons that it's easier to dry during the winter months, obviously, is that you have much better control over high humidity and high heat. So that means that any heat that you're getting in there that would traditionally dry out the cannabis is being completely controlled by you and a heater and a thermostat. The humidity, which can either be too high in the summer and not allow you to dry out quick enough, 
is now going to be much, much lower, which means that you could dry much quicker or you can control it with a humidifier and a humidistat and really dial in that environment. So remember, we're going for 60% and 60F when it comes to drying. And that is so much easier to control when your base level is lower and you could kind of crank it in different directions as opposed to trying to cool down the room and dehumidify your dry room. Um, humidifying and heating is quite a bit easier uh, in my experience. And I've had some really good results with both the dry and the cure in winter. So there is some major upside to growing in the winter months or at least harvesting towards the winter months and drying during them. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Auto Flower Power Podcast, where we've discussed why growing auto flowers in the winter is a great option for all growers, how winter affects your environment and how to combat its effects, and why temperature fluctuations are so detrimental to your plants, as well as some tips on choosing strains and some other random things. I hope you've taken something away from this episode that you can directly apply to your garden today to grow bigger, more vigorous, monster giant plants. Check out the show notes at autoflowerpowerpodcast.com slash winter. You'll find show notes there with charts and links from this episode. Or feel free to shoot me an email with any comments, questions, or other miscellaneous to socratesgrows at protonmail.com. And until next time, guys, I wish that you take it easy. Bye.